Thank you for listening to the Vantage Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, hey, uh, we are excited. We are starting a brand new series called That's Not How That Works. And uh, hopefully the video worked the way it was supposed to work. I'm not quite sure. I don't have the audio with me. But we're starting this new series called That's Not How That Works. And here's the thing. So many times there are things that... um, we think we know, we think we understand, but just because we're familiar with something doesn't mean that we're using it right, doesn't mean that we're getting the full benefit of it. And in fact, you know, I don't know if you've experienced it before, but there are times when I'm using something and I'm not using it the right way and I can actually, like, we can hurt ourselves. And so today we're going to be taking a look at one of those things that if we don't, if we don't use it right, if we don't understand it, it could cause us a lot of, of hurt and heartache. So this morning, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 11. You can kind of scroll there on your phone. Uh, if you don't have the Bible app yet, I would encourage you. version Bible app is an incredible app. Uh, you can read along with us. We're going to be there in just a moment. We're also going to have the verses on your screen in just a little bit. So as you're getting there, let me just kind of ask, you know, with this whole quarantine thing, uh, have you found yourself... Uh, with this whole quarantine thing, you know, have you like me? Have you found yourself doing some things that you don't normally do? I mean, there's some things we find ourselves doing. And say, I, I would never do that. You know, for some of us, you know, you're working from home, you're homeschooling your kids, you're, you're watching documentaries, strange documentaries about tigers. You know, you never thought you would do that. Um, so here we are. You know, I have three kids, and my three kids—they've been home with us during this quarantine, um, all three of them, all the time doing school from home, all sitting at the kitchen table. And, you know, there are moments where, you know, I remember this happening when I was a kid and just hating when my mom would do this. And it's that, the apology conversation. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the, the kids are in the other room, and all of a sudden the volume starts to kind of rise a little bit. And like any good parent, you think to yourself, if I ignore this, it'll probably just stop. <laughs> Which we know that's not true. So what happens? Eventually I have to get up because my wife encourages me to get up. And I go in the other room and I check on the kids and they're starting to argue. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? She's doing this, no, she's doing that. She stole my eraser. And then she wrote all over it. She said, no, I didn't, that's my eraser. No, I had the blue one. No, this one's teal. And finally you're like, you know, I quit carrying a long time ago. But I'm finally like, okay, enough. You, you apologize to your sister. Okay, now you, you need to forgive your sister. And, of course, there's a little, like, pushback, like, I don't want to forgive her. This is the third time this week she's done this. She's not even sorry. Like, I don't want to forgive her. And you say, well, you have to forgive your sister. You have to. I tell you what, I hated when my mom would do this with me and my sister when we were kids. And it, it, my mom, actually, she would make it worse because my mom, uh, she, was like, she was a super Christian, so she would correct us. She'd have the apology conversation, and then she would say, come here, we're going to pray now. And my mom would make me hold hands with my sister, and we'd have to pray. And so, of course, a battle is going on between, like, who can squeeze, you know, the other person's hand harder. I'm trying to squeeze the life out of my sister's hand, squirming around because I don't want to do that. But you know what? It's not just kids who have a hard time with forgiveness, is it? I mean, if we're honest, a lot of us as adults, we struggle with this too, don't we? We struggle with forgiveness. We think, well, it's not fair or it feels fake. And, you know, I think it's because of our understanding of forgiveness. The way we look at forgiveness is not quite the way it really, really works. We're kind of off on our, our definition. So here's the thing. When you think of forgiveness... What comes to mind? What do you think of? 
Maybe you have a picture. Let's show this video of what forgiveness kind of looks like. I, just like my brother did, but I see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. Wow, what an incredible story. I mean, here we look at this. This is an incredible and rare story of forgiveness. But so many times when we think of forgiveness, this is the, the dramatic picture that we get. In fact, I put up a definition of what most of us think forgiveness is, and it's this. Forgiveness, we would say forgiveness, is when a really good person in a moment of selflessness feels great love for a wrongdoer that they erase the past and welcome the person fully back into their lives. That's the picture, isn't it? The picture of this, it's an incredible moment. We feel incredible love for someone who has done us wrong, someone who's hurt them and taken advantage of them. And we say, well, we're going to forgive and we're going to forget. It's, it's as if it never even happened. You know, sure, you, you can come to the wedding. What, you want the, the pin to my bank card? Here, here, here it is. You know, let me come and share all my secrets with you again because, well, that's what good Christians do, right? We forgive and forget, but I, I got to tell you, that's not how that works. That is not how that works, and it's the reason for a lot of people. This is the reason why so many people have such a hard time with forgiveness because we think this is what forgiveness looks like, and what happens is either we'll end up carrying around resentment and bitterness, or on the other side, we'll just be a, a, a doormat. You know, we'll just let everyone walk over us and take advantage of us because isn't that what Christians? do? Isn't that how forgiveness works? But here's the thing. That's not how forgiveness works. That's not how it works. See, we look at this incredible, we look at incredible rare stories like the story we just saw, and we think, well, you know, I guess I'm just not that good, <laughs> you know? I I'm not that good of a person. You know, incredible good people do what this guy did, you know? I mean, I could never do what this guy, what this guy did to, to love someone like that, to love someone who hurt me that badly, to love my stepdad, my ex, that person who, who took credit for my work and then you know, talked bad about me to my boss and my coworkers, love them. I don't like that person. No, no. I think it's incredible. It's amazing when someone can do what that guy did, but you know, I, I'm just not that good. I could never do that. It's amazing. And what happens when we do that is we make forgiveness optional. 
We think forgiveness is only for those really amazing, really, you know, super spiritual, loving people, and we give ourselves a pass when really that's not how it works. And let's, let's look at what Jesus says about forgiveness. Mark 11, verse 25, Jesus says this. He says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. And then he says why. He says, so that. It says if you're upset with anyone, if, you're hold, if you find that you're holding something against someone, you know, you're going about your day, and all of a sudden that, that thought comes in. Maybe you know, you're, doing, you're scrolling through social media, and you see that person. You see another, you're not even friends with that person, let's be honest. Or maybe you're, like, you're, you're friends with them so you can kind of just keep an eye on what they're doing because you, know, you don't like them. But you see them, or you see them with someone else, and all of a sudden those feelings rise up. Jesus says, forgive so that. Your Father in heaven may also forgive your sins. Now, I'll be honest, I don't like this verse. It's like I, I'm uncomfortable with this verse, but it's almost like Jesus is saying there's a connection. There's a connection to the forgiveness that we give and how we can receive forgiveness from God. It's like Jesus is saying it's impossible for us to hold on, just kind of picture it, to hold on to anger and bitterness and resentment towards someone else and yet at the same time receive peace and forgiveness from God. We can't do it. Our hands are full. Our hands are full. We're holding on so tightly. They hurt me. They took advantage of me. I'll never forget what they did to me. And yet we want to receive something from God. And we want that. Maybe you come into worship or you say, I want God to do something in my life, but we just can't let go. We can't really seem to, to experience it. It's impossible. See, forgiveness, it isn't optional. It's essential. It's essential for our lives. So here's what I want to do. Over the next few minutes, I want to just take a few moments and I want us to correct some of the myths that maybe we believed about forgiveness. Maybe well-meaning people have said these things about forgiveness and we've kind of just taken it and, and we felt, well, I just I don't know if I can do that. So I want us to kind of redefine what forgiveness looks like. Are you with me? And this is not just for, this is, this is for regular, you know, I accidentally cuss when I stub my toe once in a while people. This is for the, the, the real people in the room, Okay. Let's look at it. Number one, if you're taking notes, we're going to redefine forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a feeling or a moment. It's a choice and a process. Forgiveness, it's not a, a feeling or a moment. It's a choice and a process. See, oftentimes I think we think, well, I have to feel it. You know, I have to feel forgiveness, you know. Well, in order to do this, I have to feel it. And so we'll say things like, well, you know, once she comes and talks to me, then we'll see how I feel. You know, I, I'm not ready to forgive yet. I, I, I'm still angry at that person. I'm still mad. I'm still hurt. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. But you know, that, that's the wrong mindset. I mean, that's like saying, you know, I don't feel like dieting uh, because I'm still hungry. You know, we're, we're never going to see a change in our lives. I don't, I, you know what? I don't feel like getting up for work. I'm still tired. <laughs> Try that one with your boss, you know. Hey, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. Oh, well, I mean, hey, if you're not feeling it, I mean, <laughs> come on, why not? Come on, we all recognize that healthy, gainfully employed people, they, they don't just wake up one day, they don't wait to wake up one day feeling something. No, they make a choice. Any good thing you have in your life is a product of you deciding, making a choice, I want this for my life. And here's the thing, many times, many times, um, a we, we make a choice because we want a feeling, don't we? You know, think about it. You want to feel good in a bathing suit in a couple months, and even though we're in quarantine right now, so you make the choice to change your diet. Okay, you, you, you want to feel more financially secure, and, and you want to feel better about your, your finances, so we make a choice 
to, to get on a budget and actually stay on a, you know, maybe you have a written budget, but it's like it's on your phone somewhere. You never open, like you go to open it up. It's like, it's been 18 months since you've opened this. That's not a budget. That's a dream. That's a wish. Okay. When we make right choices, then we'll have the right feelings. Right feelings follow right choices. But, but here's the thing. You might be saying, well, do I feel like that? That's the wrong question. I mean, think about if we were to ask this in other areas of our lives. Do, you know, do I feel like paying my bills? Do I, do I feel like going to the gym? Do I feel like wearing real pants during quarantine? I mean, if we asked ourselves that question, like, yeah, anyhow, it would be bad. Okay, so you'd say, okay, well, here's the thing. But if I don't feel like it, if I don't feel it, isn't that just being fake? You know, like, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to pretend. I don't want to put on a show. I'm not feeling it. So if, I, if I'm not feeling it, isn't that just being fake? I get that. But let me ask you, here's a better question. Do you want to forgive? Do you want to have that gnawing feeling out of your life? Do you want to be free? Do you want to move on? And you probably say, yes, I do. Well, then your desire is real, right? That's a real desire. So let's start with that. Let's start with the desire that we want things to change. See, forgiveness, it's a process. It's not a moment. Okay, it's an emo- the video we saw of the young man. What happens so many times is we'll witness a moment, we'll witness an incredible moment, and it makes for great TV. But I guarantee you, the trial uh, wasn't the next day after his brother was murdered. No, they, they had a funeral. There was months of grieving. I guarantee you it was a process that led up to this moment. But so many times in our social media world, we see moments and we mistake them for a process. It's a process. But the problem is I think we're afraid to start the process because we don't want to feel fake. Right? We hate that, don't we? We hate to feel fake. We hate to feel like, like we're putting on a show. But think about it. Anytime we try something new, we feel like that for a little bit, don't we? Anytime we start something new, we feel like that a little bit at the beginning. We feel a little fake. We feel like, this isn't really me. You get a new haircut. Well, you'll get a new haircut. Don't get a new haircut right now. That would be bad. But in a few months, you get a new haircut, and you're like, I don't know. Can I pull this off? Am am I too old to try to do this? You try a new style, you know? We feel a little fake at first, don't we? When you first started going to the gym, and maybe you got the clothes, and like, you're like, you're wearing workout clothes, and it's like, this is weird. I don't really know this is me. And you go to the gym, and, and the gym is like a, a whole little separate little club. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you feel like, I don't know the language, and I don't know how the machines work, and everyone, it looks like everyone fits in here but me. And at first, you, you, you felt insecure and out of place, but what happened? Well, if, if you kept going at some point, your feelings changed, right? At some point, all of a sudden, you, you don't even know what happened. You look down and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those gym people. I talk about reps. I talk about protein shakes. You, you know you know who you are. That's, you're doing that. You suddenly make your other friends feel bad because they haven't joined CrossFit yet. It's not okay. Anyhow, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's what happens because right feelings follow right actions. But let's redefine forgiveness a little bit more. Number two is this. Forgiveness is not forgetting, it's foregoing. Forgiveness is not forgetting, it's actually foregoing. Now you might say, we've probably heard this before, you have to forgive and forget, just forgive and forget, but is that true? I think of the woman who came in for counseling, her and her husband were going through a rough time, she had found out that he had an affair, and uh, he tried to cover it up, and he lied 
And uh, she was just devastated by this. But they had been working through it, and they had been kind of processing this. They wanted to make the marriage work, but she comes in for counseling because a couple months after the affair, her husband has this business trip. And, and so, of course, you know, because of everything that's happened, she's asking for a few extra details, and, and the husband starts to get upset, and he says, I can't believe that you would bring this up. I thought you forgave me. Forgive and forget. You need to move on from this. And so she comes and, and she says, am I, am I doing something wrong? Am I not honoring God? Because I, I haven't forgiven and forgotten. I, I'm still hurting. Is it, is it okay that I'm still hurting? Let, let me say this. Forgiveness is a process, but it's not pretending. Forgiveness, it's a process, but, but it's not pretending. There's some people, they'll go through really incredibly painful things, and they'll say, they'll say, you know, it's okay. You know, they didn't mean it. I'm fine. It's fine. Because they just want to be done with it. They just want to move forward. Now, I recognize the Bible does say that we need to make allowances for, for our brothers and sisters. We need to overlook uh, minor faults and the little things. But you know what? There are some things we have to acknowledge are not fine. There are some things that you have to say, it's not okay that you treated me that way. It, it, it was wrong that that happened. That hurt me deeply. And here's the thing, until hurt is acknowledged, it can't be healed. Until hurt is acknowledged, it can't be healed. It, it makes me think of this. I remember when I was a kid uh, in my neighborhood, you know, growing up in the 80s, just dated myself. Uh, we loved riding bikes. Riding bikes was awesome. It was one of the big things. And so we had these older kids in the neighborhood that I wanted to be friends with. And they would ride their bikes around the neighborhood, around the, the block, around the big block, for those of you who are watching. And um, we used to play a fun game. They would not allow you to play this game anymore. You'd have to be wrapped in bubble wrap and helmets and everything else. But we would play bike tag. Okay, which is a great game. You'd ride your bike and you had to try to tag someone else while they're on their bikes. Well, I wanted to play with these older kids, and so they were a little bit rougher. And one day, it's the summer, I'm wearing shorts and a tank top, and this bigger kid, he comes riding up fast to me, and he shoves me hard to tag me. And sure enough, I go sliding and I crash my bike. He makes me crash my bike, and I'm all skinned up, knees are are bloody, and there's rocks and dirt and gravel on my knees and my elbows. But here's the thing. I, I want these big kids to keep playing with me. I don't want them to, to say, oh, he's just a, just a little kid. You can't play with us. So I, I run home, and I, I just grab some jeans. I don't tell my mom because my mom's going to make me, you know, she's going to have to doctor all up, and I want to keep playing. So I just throw on some jeans, and I keep playing. And I think that's a, a metaphor for a lot of us, you know. That, that's what happens. We, we get hurt, and what do we do? We just cover it up. We pretend that nothing happened. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to risk the relationship. But here's the thing. There's junk in the wound. There, there's dirt in the wound. If we don't clean it out, we'll be carrying around that pain. We'll be sensitive in that area. Someone's going to accidentally bump into us, and we're going to freak out. Hey, what are you doing? And what happens is if we don't clean out the wound of hurt, we're going to misinterpret accidents as attacks. We're just going to be going around in our lives. Innocent people, people who care about us, people who love us, your family, your friends, your coworkers, they're going to bump into you, and we're going to interpret an accident as an attack. And we'll always be weak in that area. You see it, you see it in people in their second marriage. What happens is, is they don't deal with the hurt and the wound from the first marriage, so they bring an unneeded pain into their second marriage in places that it wasn't even there. It's in the same places. Why are we struggling in the same places? Because you didn't deal with the hurt from the first marriage. 
We bring the same issues and the same insecurities from your last job into your new job. We wonder, why am I having this, the interpersonal issues at my new job? Because we never healed from what happened at the last thing. That's why. What, what do we do when someone gets hurt physically? Right? First thing we do is we, we treat the wound. We, we take out the antiseptic. And we, we don't like this. It's a painful process. And, and sometimes we try to push away from it, but it's cleaned out. And then we put a bandage on the wound. And in some cases, we put a, a, bright, a really bright cast on a person's arm or their leg. Why? Because we want people around us to be aware that we're vulnerable in this area. It's a boundary. It's a boundary. We give space to protect this area, not forever, but for a time until healing can happen, until we can heal properly. And, and let me just say, it's okay to put a boundary on a relationship until it heals properly. It, you can do that. Okay, forgive and forget. No, no, it takes time. If you want something to heal so that you can have full function and full benefit, that takes time, and it's okay to put boundaries on relationships. And some relationships, they might require more boundaries than others because trust is weak. See, when we get hurt physically, we might break a bone, we might break the skin, but when we get hurt relationally, it's trust that's broken. It's trust that's broken. And you look at the relationship that was fractured, and there may not be any evidence of change. There may not be evidence to support putting weight on that relationship yet. You examine the relationship, there may not be evidence that they have your best interest in mind, that they can keep confidences, or that they can follow through. And here's the thing. Get this. We can grant full forgiveness without granting full access to our lives. You, this is going to set some people free. You can fully forgive without giving full access to your life. Boundaries are a good thing. They're a biblical thing. Okay, now you might say, <clears throat> okay, but how do we forgive those people who are still hurting us, who, who have hurt us intentionally, or you're, worse yet, they continue to hurt or take advantage or, or injure us? I mean, does, does, does forgiveness just give them a pass? Am I supposed to just move on and, and just forget about it? No, no, remember, when we forgive, we're not forgetting we're, for, we're foregoing. So what do you mean? It's like this. Think about it. What, what, would, what would you do? Okay, and it's okay to imagine a little bit. What would you do if you were to catch a thief uh, breaking in your house? Okay, honestly, you, your first reaction would probably be like, ah! Right? That's, you know, okay, I would probably do that. But what I like to think of myself doing, let's imagine this. Okay, you hear a strange noise, and of course you're smiling, honey, honey, I hear a noise. Like, get up and check it out. No, you heard the noise. But, okay, so you get up, and, of course, like every good red-blooded man, you grab the bat next to your bed or whatever you have there, maybe a lamp, and you, you slowly kind of sneak into your living room. And sure enough, you look around the corner, and there is this thief, and he's holding your stuff in his, in his hands. He's holding, like, a TV or some electronics in his hands. And what do you do? Right away, you feel angry feel violated and a little afraid. And so what do, you, what do you do? Well, I know what you want to do, right? We want to go Avengers on this guy. We want to like, give him what he deserves for you know, breaking into my house and messing with me. That's what we want to do. That's what we picture ourselves doing, right? Like, oh, honey, you're so brave. Anyhow, back to reality. Um, but what do we actually do? What we actually do is we call the police, right? We call the police to come and deal with this situation. We call on a higher authority. We call on a higher authority and we forego our desire for vengeance and justice and we hand it over the responsibility to a higher authority 
to deal with. We do this in all sorts of areas in our lives. If you're dealing with a, with a, a bad neighbor that's harassing you, right, at some point you call a lawyer and you have them intervene. If you're a business owner and someone's not paying your bills, eventually you, you reach out and you have a bill collector. You transfer ownership of the debt and, and of the, the issue to them, and it's off your plate. You don't have to deal with it anymore. And here's the thing. There is no higher authority than God, who not only he has seen what you've been through, and here's this, even when others didn't believe you, even when others talked bad about you, your Father in heaven, he saw the whole thing. He knows it broke his heart, how you were broken. It broke his heart, and it makes him angry, just as angry as you would be as a parent when you see one of your kids taking advantage of another of your kids. It makes God angry. And so we transfer that. We hand it off to a higher authority, and God's going to set it right. And when we do that, you know what it does? It sets us free. It sets us free. I hand it off to God. I know he is going to deal with it. He is going to, it sets us free to return to our lives, to return to our purpose, right? The, the, here's the thing. The biggest danger, the biggest danger of unforgiveness is it sucks up so much of our time, of our effort and our energy and focus that we can spend years of our lives stuck in one bad moment that we miss out on so many other great moments. That's where some of you have been living. You've been living in hurt. You've been living in bitterness. You allowed what happened in one season of your life to define all the other seasons of your life. You've allowed one, one villain in one chapter of your life to, to write the rest of the story. We don't have to do that. We don't have to live that way. See, the biggest misconception about forgiveness is that, is that we're somehow doing them a favor. Forgiveness is letting them off the hook. It's, it's being nice to them, and it's not that at all. Last thing is this in redefining forgiveness. Forgiveness, it's not about them. It's about us. Forgiveness, it's, it's not for them. It's for us. Let's turn to one last scripture verse, Luke chapter 23. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 23. Now, here, you, if you're kind of having this conversation with me, I would have the same thoughts, you know, but they don't deserve it. You know, they're not even sorry. I mean, after what they've done to me, here's what we want to do. We want to metaphorically roll up our sleeves, roll up our pant legs, and show, look at what they did to me. No, no, no. I'm not going to let them off. Look at how they hurt me. And we'd say, wow, you, you, need to, you need to say a doctor about that. No, no, not until they acknowledge that this is what they've done to me. Okay, so what we're saying is let's just, let's just say it out loud, even just to ourselves. So what that means is, is we'd rather suffer and be in pain and allow this to infect every part of us, that, that'll teach them. Let's allow what they did in one season to destroy the rest of our lives. That, that'll teach them. So come on, the reason that Jesus is so adamant about us forgiving is because he knows what unforgiveness does to us. He looks at his son and his daughter. He looks at, at the thing that broke his heart and broke your heart and, 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 and wounded you and he knows how much that hurt. He does not want to see that continue to hurt you for years and years to come. In fact, Jesus recognized this when he's on the cross. In Luke 23, Jesus, he, he is dying on the cross. He's there because people have lied about him, slandered him, betrayed him. He's been beaten and spat upon. And he's hanging on the cross. And in this moment, look, look at what he says. Luke, 34, Luke 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, Forgive them. And then he says, why? He could have left it just there. He could have just said, God, forgive them. But he says, why? He says, Father, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. If we could get this, this would set us free. This would change everything. Forgive them because they don't know what they do. They, they don't know. They don't know about what's, what happened at home. They don't know about that other, that, that past relationship. They don't know about what happened in high school. They don't know about your dad. They don't know your whole story. They don't know why that one comment got stuck in your heart and it's reconfirmed things you believed about yourself for a long time. They don't know. And they're not hurt by it. They don't know that it's still eating away at you. How could they know? You're the only one that knows. See, unforgiveness, it's not hurting them. It's, it's hurting us. And that's why Jesus says, forgive. Forgive. Not because we're some great, super spiritual person. Not, not because we, we feel it in a moment of great compassion. We feel love. You may not like the person, and that is okay. Not because we feel it or they deserve it, but we forgive because we've been forgiven. We forgive so that we can be set free, so that we can experience, we, we let go of the hurt so we can grab on to our lives again. We can grab onto that purpose, that thing that God wants you to, to, to do and to be about so we don't hurt anyone else. We let go of that hurt so we can grab onto all that God has for us. Let me just take a minute and pray for us. Let's pray together. Father God, Lord, I, I recognize this is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Lord, this is not easy. And, and God, I wish I could sit down and, and have coffee with everyone who's hearing me and, and I could hear your story and I could hear those, those broken places. God, I pray that you would begin working in our hearts and lives, helping us to do the things that only you can do. As we're praying this morning, though, for some, you may be in a place where you're continuing to get hurt and you've been ignoring it. You've been kind of letting it go. And in this moment, I believe what you need to do is you need to acknowledge the hurt and begin to put some boundaries on some relationships so that you can heal. Just as we're praying, God's kind of stirring that in your heart. You need to acknowledge that this happened, that this hurt me. And you need to put some boundaries. It's not forgive and forget. You know, it's, it's forgive and move forward. Ask the Lord to show you what relationships and how you need to set some boundaries. Others, if we're honest as we're praying this morning, you are just so angry. You're so angry at what ha what's happened. You're so angry and there's nothing you can do to change your situation. Someone has taken something from you. And, and here's the thing, we're, we're so angry, we're so upset. We feel there's a debt owed to us, but in some situations they can't pay us back. They don't have it in them. They're not even alive anymore. They can't repay you. So what we need to do is we need to hand that over to a higher authority. We say, God, I am handing this over. This is not my responsibility any longer. I'm handing this over to you. This is yours. And we start the process of forgiveness. Is it painful? Yes, it, it, it is painful. And, and as you first start, there's going to be days and maybe weeks where you're going to have to several times say, God, no, I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm not going to allow those feelings to kind of be like a warm blanket because I've had them for so long. No, God, I'm going to hand this over to you. They don't owe me anymore. I'm handing it over to a higher authority. And God, as we do that, as we lean in, at some point, there's going to be a moment where we're going to remember the hurt without reliving it. You're going to be able to think about what happened. And yes, it was painful, but it's, it's, you're not going to be consumed by it. God's going to bring 
forgiveness in your heart. That's what we want for you. We want all that God wants for you. Would you lean into that today? Would you begin by saying, God, I hand this over to you. I hand this over to you. As we're praying this morning, maybe you're here. And you know what? You, you've never started by giving your heart to Jesus. You've never received the forgiveness that God has for you. We, we find it so hard to forgive others because we ourselves need to be forgiven. We violated our own standards. We have these thoughts of this is what it looks like to be a good husband. This is what it looks like to be a good son or daughter, a good employee. And we know we've missed the mark. But God so loved the world, he sent Jesus to forgive all of our sins because he's, God is the only one that can. So I want to give you an opportunity if you, as you're watching this morning, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or maybe you've done that a long, long time ago, you want to invite God to begin working in your life. I'm going to say a simple prayer. It's not a magic formula, but if, if it's the intentions of your heart, you're inviting God to be working in your life. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, I give you my life. I'm sorry for going my own way, for choices that have hurt me and choices that have hurt you. Thank you for sending Jesus to forgive me, to set me free. I receive your forgiveness today. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to encourage you, if you said that prayer today, would you just, would you just comment on, on, our, on our stream and let us know? Or maybe you want to have a, a conversation. I would love to talk with you and pray with you. Get some resources in your hand. Would you email me at kyle at vantagepointchurch.net? Kyle at vantagepointchurch.net. I want to encourage our worship. is going to, going to play a song. We're just going to have a moment of worship. And this is our time to engage with God. This is our time to reflect on what you've heard to ask God to start working in our hearts, worship God together. Maybe you want to stand to your feet, wherever you're at. Maybe you want to raise your hands. You can do that. If you have a prayer request, I want to encourage you, send us your prayer requests. In just a few moments, we're going to be back in our digital lobby, and we would love to pray with you personally.